Is anybody grateful tonight that you made it and you can testify and witness that you're still here? Grateful that you still made it by the grace and the mercies of an almighty, all-loving God? I'm still here. Amen, amen, and amen. What a wonderful testimony that is. You know, some people want to be first. Some people want to be second or third, but some people are just glad you know what? I made it. I made it. May not have placed in the race, uh, but I made it. I finished. I, 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 I'm here. Amen. What a what a blessing that is. Amen. Good evening to each of you, my brothers and sisters. So glad that you are here with us. That you counted not robbery to spend your Wednesday evening with us on this uh, our Bible study, virtual Bible study. Uh, it's raining pretty hard outside, so I pray that you are safe and sound inside, amen, and that uh, uh, you have already shared this with your neighbors and your friends. If you have not, go ahead and push that share button on your phones right now. Share that on your device, your smart device, whatever, however you're watching, if you have the uh, capability to share it. We want you to do that right now so that you can get the word out that you are watching and uh, worshiping and through the study of God's word with us, and you want to invite others to share this with you. Let's see who's in the uh, in, in the chat line with us on this evening. Dorothy Jones is with us. Good evening to you, Sister Jones. Amen. Betty Palmer is watching with us. God bless you, Sister Palmer. Good to see you. Shirley Bell is in the house. Amen. Good to see you, Shelba Moore is with us. Good evening to each of you. Linda Stewart is here. God bless you, Sister Stewart. Good to see you. Vicki Nunn is with us. Amen. The numbers are going up. Glad to see you all are sharing it. David Stevenson, our good friend, is here. I want to see that photo. I saw I don't know what it is, but I know you always have a lot of good photos, uh, particularly uh, related to our convention. So I want to see whatever it is. Robbie 
Buckhalter Singleton is with us. The Lord, Mother Curry. God bless you, Mother Curry. Good to see you this evening. We're praying for you also, Mother Curry. Clara Roberts is here in the house. God bless you, Sister Roberts. Loretta Epps is in the house. God bless you. Good to see all of you. Lavertis Walker is in the house. Amen, Sister Walker. Good to see you, Terry Harris. God bless you all. So good to see you all. You all keep uh, keep joining in and, and let's keep seeing who's here. Listen, I am so glad that... Um, Listen, I'm I'm just a I'm 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 I am a blessed pastor. I'm a blessed pastor, and I know that I'm a blessed man, number one. But I am so blessed to, to be your pastor and to be the pastor of this church. It, this is a great, great community of, of of believers, and 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 I'm just humbled uh to be able to serve you in so many ways. I, I hear about the, the wonderful things that God is doing in your lives and the wonderful ways that you are connecting uh, with your brothers and sisters, even though we can't be together uh, in, 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 in physical spaces the way we have uh, a couple of years ago. That's right, we're coming up on two years, believe it or not, uh, in, in, in meeting in these formats. But God is so good. God is so good and uh, you are so, so kind and so loving and such a prayerful people. People have been going through situations. And every time I call someone, I hear from them uh, how much they have been blessed by members of the church who have reached out to them. And what a blessing it is to know uh, that it's not just the pastor uh, who is reaching out because I can't reach out to everyone, but what a blessing it is to know uh, that that members, brothers and sisters are really brothers and sisters, not just in word, but in deed. And um, that that you feel the touch uh, of others. Uh, sometimes when you don't hear the voice of your leader, that you feel the, the touch and you hear the voices of your brothers and your sisters uh, in Christ. And what a blessing that is. What a tremendous blessing that is. And I don't count that lightly. I don't count that lightly that uh, you are such a such a such a great such a great people. I love K Chapel. Let it be known. Let it be known. If anybody said anything different, Amen. I love K Chapel, and I know K Chapel loves us as well. Amen. Listen, listen. The numbers are going up. Let's go ahead and get it past the hundred. Let's go ahead and get those last two. We got 98, 99, 99 and a half. Won't do. Amen. Go ahead and get me past the hundred right now. Come on, come on, share that with your neighbors and your friends. We're going to wait till we get to 100. And All right, we got 102, it looks like, on my screen. Amen. Good to see you all in the house tonight. Listen, let's go ahead and get started. We're going to have, we're going to have part two, part two of last week. Last week we talked about, and I'm going to pray, uh, but I just want to introduce uh, the lesson for tonight. Uh, we talked about promises on last week, the promises of God on last week. And uh, we want to we want to continue talking about the promises of God, uh, and I want to do this as part two of standing on the promises. Part two of standing on the promises. Are y'all ready? Let's pray, beloved Father in heaven. We thank you, God, for this day, for this time together, for the study of your word, for the truth of your word. You're such a good God to us, and we thank you that your word. Is something upon which we can stand, something upon which we can build our lives. We thank you, God, that your word is true. We don't have to wonder or worry about it. We don't have to question it. But we can receive it and believe it for what it says. So God, right now, thank you for speaking to us through your word. Thank you for giving us wisdom by your spirit. And thank you for this fellowship of believers who gather together tonight to stand on your promises. We ask these in all things now in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Listen. Do me a favor, go ahead, get your Bibles, get your Bibles out. Yeah, you know, listen, I know you all are dependent uh, on, on the, the scriptures popping up on your screen and 
and and and uh, we have we are blessed with such great um, uh, team members here. Ta is in the house, y'all. Y'all say hello. To, I don't know if y'all said Ta hello to Ta since the uh, beginning of the year. So uh, go ahead and and shout out to Ta. Ta is in the background running running everything for us as always. Um, and so yeah, we're gonna have the scriptures on the screen. But um, uh, listen, go ahead and get your Bibles out too, because every now and then. Uh, you, there, there may be a note that you want to take, uh, particularly as you see some of these passages. Uh, you, you might want to just um, uh, highlight something in your Bible uh, as it as 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 the Spirit directs you, so that as you go back in your study time, uh, you'll you'll know where that is, and you can go back and and look at it and and be refreshed uh, in the truth of God's Word. I want to start tonight. I want to start tonight first with a question. Let's start tonight with a question. Um, have you have you ever been disappointed? Have you ever been disappointed by someone having said something, promised something, told you? Um, they would do something um, only to be let down because the very thing they said they would do and the thing that you believe that they would do, they didn't come through on doing. Can anybody relate to that? We all have. And the unfortunate thing is, if we're honest about it, not only have we been on the receiving end of broken promises? But if we're honest about it, we've also been the ones to break some promises. It's gone both ways. Go ahead and be honest. I mean, you you may not have intentionally, you know, just just told what what the old folks used to call a bold face line. Some folks say a bald face line. <laughs> you know, it it may not have been that, but certainly. You didn't follow through or or come through on the thing that you said you would do. Maybe not, you know, like I said, intentionally, maybe not something you 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 did in malice or or intending to hurt someone. Maybe time get, got away from you and you didn't fulfill an obligation. Maybe um, life just got busy. And and something you said you would do, you, you you didn't come through on. It's gone both ways, right? Somebody didn't come through for you, and you didn't go come through for someone. Welcome to the broken world that humans populate. Humanity is broken, and we all know something about broken promises, whether we've received them or whether we have been the ones to break them. Now, I pray that you're not breaking as many as have may, as may have been broken uh, to you. I pray that you're not the one going around breaking promises. But here's here's the good news. Here's the first thing I want you to see about this God that we love, this God that we serve, and the reason why we have such confidence in God's word. In the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 23, Numbers 23, verse 19. Numbers 23, verse 19. God is not a man <laughs> that he should lie neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? Stay, keep that up for a minute, T.A. Listen, we have had people to break promises to us and we have been the ones to break promises. But here is the first thing that you need to rest and be reassured in as we enter into this study of standing on the promises of God. First of all, that God 
is not a man. God is not a human. God does not lie. Did you hear me? God does not lie. What God says, God does. What God promises, God performs. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. The writer says, listen, if he said it, don't you know he's going to do it? And if he's spoken it, don't you know that he's good for it? Listen, there's some folk that when they talk, you know they ain't no good for it. <laughs> I mean, there's some, and there's some, listen, there's some folk, if they're talking, somebody said, you know, if they're talking, you know they lying, right? There's some folk that when they, when they start making promises, you, you, you don't even put any stock in what they're saying because you know who it's coming from. And here is what Moses is saying here. Because you know who this is coming from, because you know this promise is coming from God, you ought to know that he's good for it. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? The promises of God are good. We can stand on it. We don't have to question it. Even, watch this, even if it's delayed, if it came from God, it's not denied. That's, that's where we want to start. That's where we want to start building this foundation for standing on God's promises. That if God said it, God is not a man and God is not lying. It shall be as the Lord has declared. All right. Let that sizzle in your spirit for a minute. Let that sizzle in your spirit. Second thing I want to look at. Second thing I want to look at. Second Peter chapter one, verse four. Second Peter chapter one, verse four. I really want to look at this first part. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We are given exceeding great and precious promises. Great and precious are the promises of God. Great and precious are the declared words of the Lord. Great and precious are the written words of our God. Great and precious are the promises of God. Let, let, let that sizzle in you for a minute. Great, his promises are great and precious. In other words, listen, if it's precious, precious things are things that you hold near and dear. If it's precious, Watch this. If it's precious, you don't treat it any kind of way. If it's precious, you don't, watch this, you don't let it get out of your sight. You know where it is. Things that are precious to you, you keep up with them. Things that are precious to you, you know where they are. Help me, somebody. Things that are precious to you, you don't treat them any kind of way, but you guard them. You hold on to them. You keep them close. And the promises of God are things that you keep close, things that you know where they are in the word of God, things that you hold dear and near. You don't treat God's word any kind of way, but they are great and precious. Come on, somebody. Great and precious are the promises of God. And by these promises, we are made partakers of the divine nature. Okay? So, so God is not man. 
that he should lie. That means God's word is good. What he says he will do, what he's promised he will perform, and the written word of the Lord shall stand forever. The written word of the Lord. Listen, a lot of things, a lot of things in this world, and we should have, we should have figured this out by now. A lot of things that we have put stock in and trust in and hope in, the last two years should have shown us anything. It should have shown us that a lot of those things, hey, <laughs> they, are, they are not as stable and steady as we would have liked to have believed. But the word of God is stable and steady and strong. His word is good. He is not man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. We can stand on the steady and stable word of our Lord. All right? Governments may fall. Schools may close. Come on and talk to me here. You know, institutions that we have put faith and trust in may show cracks in their foundation. Politicians, hey, come on, I don't even, I don't even want to go there, right? Our politics, all of those things, all of that stuff. Listen, if it's if it's made by man, if it's said by man, it is suspect and liable to fall and fail and falter because humanity is broken and a broken human makes broken promises. A broken man, a broken woman, a broken world knows broken promises, but God is not man. I'm sorry if I'm staying on that too long, but that, 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 that's just blessing me. That I, I can trust, I can trust in the words that my God have given me. I can trust in the promises that my God has made me. Hello, somebody. Economies might fall but the word of God shall stand. Hello, somebody. Relationships might fall, but the word of God will stand forever. Are you hearing me? I, I hope you are. Things that you have built, listen, stock markets, bonds, uh, 401ks and Bs and, and all of those things that are built on on the fluctuations of economies and 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 whether there is 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 um, inflation or deflation or or all kinds of things that can happen in an, in an economic structure, you ought to know by now. None of that you can depend on. Stocks were going up one day; they're going down the next. Gas was low one day; it's up the next. <laughs> right. But the word, I wish I had a witness in this house. The word of God is good forever. It's good forever. Gas will go from $2 to $3.15 in two weeks. Hello, somebody. But the word of God is a steady presence in our lives. Steady, strong, and stable. All right. So let's look at let's let, let me let me try and unpack a couple of things because I'm going to be in Old Testament and New Testament scripture tonight. One of the things that that we have to be mindful of is appropriating promises that are in the Bible 
and were made to specific people for specific reasons at a specific time. I bring this up because a lot of mixed messaging and mixed doctrine develops when you start to take promises and 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 just assuming that every promise that was ever made is one that's made to you let me let me deal with it let me deal with it <laughs> let me deal with it see because this is this is what built up this kind of theology and this kind of doctrine is what built up uh, the prosperity gospel when you appropriate promises and make them yours. When God was talking to Abraham, God was talking to Gideon or God was talking to Moses. And don't get me wrong, there are principles that we can appropriate. There are principles that we can extract even from the promises. But we must be careful to make sure that we are not just taking every promise from the Old Testament and just assuming that that's a promise that you can assume and apply for yourself. Help me, help me teach tonight. Help me teach tonight. Okay, okay. Listen, see, th this is this is where it gets tricky and sticky because because what we want to do, what we want to do, is read a promise from the Old Testament because there's some there's there's some great promises that God makes. There's some, oh, oh my God, there's some great promises that the Lord makes. But every good reader and student of the Bible knows that if you're going to get what God is saying, you must keep the text in its context. And when you pull a text out of its context, you are you it is easy for you to misappropriate that text and make it say something that it doesn't say and make it something for you that it is not god was talking to abraham when he said um uh, when he said listen you you walk along wherever you walk wherever your footsteps trod i will give you that land he's talking to abraham He's talking to Abraham. Now, 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 again, th this is this is this is where it gets real uh, sticky because what we have heard so often since the since the eighties and nineties and the whole development of prosperity preaching is that listen, wheresoever the sole of my foot trod, the Lord is going to give it to me. Okay. 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 All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Listen, there are principles to extract from that promise, but please keep that promise in its context. Because otherwise, you are you are making that scripture say something it does not say. And, and you're going to be walking around claiming the Lord gave you something that God didn't give you. You're going to be walking around on land saying the Lord said, wherever I walk, he'll give it to me. No, he didn't tell you. He told Abraham that. But there are principles that we can extract. There are principles that, and some of the principles we can extract from that are, number one, that God, listen, what, what God was saying to Abraham 
at that moment was, listen, I know I didn't tell you the full plan, but I need you to walk by faith. That, that's a principle. I need you to walk by faith, believing that I am with you, that I am directing you, that, that, that I am leading you into this place that you don't have any idea, any understanding about, but walk by faith, not by sight. That's a principle you can extract from that promise. Help me preach somebody. Help me teach tonight. All right. So, so, so don't be so quick to just read a promise from the Old Testament and, and lump that onto yourself in the way that it was made to people in the Old Testament. God was talking specifically to people, not characters, people. And he made people promises the same way he will make you a promise. I need you to hear this tonight. God has not quit making promises. He made Abraham a promise. He made Moses promises. He made David promises. And guess what? He makes you promises. He makes me promises. And I don't have to go back and reach and go get Abraham's promise and make it my own. See, some of this is because we've been lazy. We've been lazy in our own relationship with God and lazy in hearing God's voice and therefore just going back and getting some promises that he made to other people. Listen, you got to know God for yourself. You need to know the Lord for yourself. God will make you promises. Hello, somebody. God will make, I'm listening, I'm looking at, at, at people in the, uh, Teresa Green, Shelva Moore, Linda Stewart, Patricia Gregory, Shirley Harrington, Cecilia Bass, Erica Webster. God will make you promises. I don't have to go in and get David's promise. He made Reggie a promise. Talk to me, somebody. Yeah. Yeah, Shirley, he made you a promise. Mandy, he made you a promise. Linda, he made you a promise. David, he made you a promise. All right. So, so let me, y'all get me worked up. I didn't, I didn't mean to get this, this. Let me, let me bring my voice down a little bit. Let me bring my voice down a little bit. All right. All right. All right. Let me get back to it. So standing on these promises, I got to know that when I'm reading Old Testament scripture, that God is talking to actual people. I might be able to extract principles from the promises, but please know that in applying the principles, I can't just automatically assume those promises. Are you hearing me? That, that, that's, that's, that's how we got in, into some of this trouble in the first place with the prosperity gospel. Just, just making what God said to others ours. Okay. All right. Let's let's get into it. I'm sorry. I, I actually let me start. <laughs> I talked about I talked about Old Testament, but let me start in New in New Testament. Let me start in New Testament for tonight. Um talk about a little bit about God's promises for salvation. John in in John in the Gospel of John. <coughs> excuse me. In the Gospel of John. Excuse me. John 3:16. We know it. What? John 3:16 and 17 for God so loved the world. <coughs> excuse me. That he gave his only begotten son and whosoever whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That the world through him might be saved. Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus about 
salvation. And he's explaining, he's explaining what God has done in sending Jesus, his son, into the world. He's explaining who he is and what he therefore provides. Jesus, and let me let me let me go ahead and 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 put my um I used to play cards in in, in at Tugaloo. Don't judge me. Um I, I still know how to play spades. Uh, but let me go ahead and put my cards on the table. I believe <clears throat> that Jesus Christ is the way and the only way to salvation. Now, I might get some blowback for that, particularly in today's age. Today, we are in what is increasingly known as a post-Christian culture. A post-Christian culture basically means uh, that um, some of the things that we have have assumed to be true uh, in, in, in American culture, some of the... Uh, norms, some of the um, uh, thoughts, line, line of reasoning uh, that we have used, those things have, have, have shifted a great deal since the, since the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, and so we're in what's called a post-Christian culture because uh, though there are still Christians, uh, a lot of Christians, uh, in, in our nation, uh, you almost have to ask, what kind of Christian are you? <laughs> right? Uh, you, 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 almost, you almost have to ask, <coughs> excuse me, when you say you're a Christian, what does that mean? Because a lot of the things that Christianity used to mean doesn't necessarily mean anymore. And one of those things is, Jesus Christ as the way to salvation. There are some Christians, some pastors, some churches that believe Jesus Christ is a way is the way for them, but is not the only way. Call me old school, call me ill-informed. The way I read the text, the way I have studied the text, Jesus, and let, let's go, actually, let's go to John 14, if you don't mind. John 14 and verse 6. John 14, verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But by me except by me. No man comes to God except by me. Now, in a post-Christian culture, this kind of preaching will get you in trouble. In a post-Christian culture, when you say Jesus is the way and the only way, you will immediately become labeled as narrow in your thinking, narrow-minded. But you're in good company because it was this same Jesus who said, wide is the way to destruction and narrow is the way. Wish I had some Bible readers in here. 
so so there there are some things that we actually need a narrowness about we need to be narrow in the way we live our lives we need to be narrow in what we let into our lives help me somebody we need to be narrow in in our understanding of salvation and how one comes to be saved now i'm i'm not going to get many amens right now and i know that because because culture has has so dominated our thinking to where we're where Christians are even afraid to say Jesus is the only way. Christians on a Bible study full of other Christians, like right now, are afraid to say Jesus is the only way. <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't talking about nobody, but it is it's the pressure we feel. It's the pressure we feel. You don't have. You don't have to do it right now. You don't have to do it right now. But I know what I'm talking about. It's it's that pressure, particularly, you know, we're we're on Facebook and we're on social media, and we we have to kind of, you know, play play it both ways, where where we believe what we believe, but not to the extent that you know we want to push others away, and we don't want to push others away, but we do want to be clear and certain in what we believe the Bible says. Jesus says, no man comes to the Father but by me. So I believe, I believe that God promises us salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. I believe that's what the Bible teaches us, that salvation is given to broken humanity, humans who break promises, humans who break people, humans who break protocols and everything else, that God gives us this promise of redemption. God gives us this promise of salvation, of repairing the brokenness through his son, Jesus Christ. That's what, that's God's promise to us. He gives us his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a promise upon which we can stand, upon which anyone who comes to the Lord and accepts Jesus, we can stand on that. Now, listen, let me be real clear. Let me be real clear. Let me, let me, let me help some of, some of us because here's, here's the challenge. Here's the challenge for Christians in a post-Christian culture is that while we must know what we know and believe what we know and be certain and stand on those promises, we must also, and we're gonna be talking about this in, 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 in part of our work with, uh, with our Baptist convention this year, we're talking about what's called adaptive evangelism and we're talking about um, how we re-engage culture and communities and, and our congregants we do have to be sensitive sensitive to hear and i mean to really hear i don't mean to placate and to you know just just act like we're here we really do have to hear people and understand where they are and and be sensitive to that and be compassionate to that 
without making enemies of people who who believe differently than we believe, who aren't where we are. Listen, I believe this. Christians ought to be Christian enough to make some real friends with folk who are not Christians. I'm going to say that again. Are you Christian enough to make friends with folk who are not Christians? Are you Christian enough to open up your heart and open up your circle to receive people who don't believe as you believe? Are you settled enough in your faith that you can you can have you can expand your circle and invite people into that space and love on them and love them? I mean, I don't mean that I don't mean that churchy kind of love on them that we talk about. I mean, really love them. I mean, authentically love them. And all the time, simply praying that God will use you and that relationship in an authentic way. That you aren't preaching to them, but that through your relationship with them, that the promises of God are revealed. Y'all ain't talking to me tonight. See, if we're going to share the gospel, I don't know why I'm talking about this because I know I'm supposed to be talking about the problem. But if we're going to share the gospel in real ways, you got to know what you know. You got to believe what you can believe, right? Be clear on all of that. But also be open enough to the spirit leading you and directing you and opening you to having some authentic relationships with people who need you and they don't even know it. Watch this, and you need them and you don't even know it. My God tonight. See, sometimes we, one of the problems, one of the problems of Christians is that when we approach sharing the gospel with people, we come at it from the angle as if we have all the answers. And have you ever been around anybody who thinks they know it all? I'm going to get back to the promises in just a minute, but let me take let me take this detour. Have you ever been around anybody who thinks they know it all? How absolutely irritating is that? How, how prideful is that to think that you know it all? There are people who don't believe what you can believe, who, who don't believe what you believe, who yet can teach you something, who can expose you and explore, help you to explore some thoughts that, and thought lines of thought that you never knew anything about, right? All I'm saying is, as believers, as we as we believe that Jesus Christ is the way, is the only way, be settled in that, be confident in that, be sure in that, but also be Christian enough and be sensitive enough that in your certainty, you aren't driving people away, but that your certainty is so is so compassionately compelling that it draws others to this Christ that we love. That your certainty is so compassionately compelling that it draws others to Christ. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'm sorry, that was a detour. I know it was, but uh, glory to God. Um, let me let me let me let me get let me get to this. Let me get to this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let, let me get let me get back to some promises. Psalm Psalm thirty one. I told you I was going to get some New Testament and Old Testament. So here here's here's some Old Testament and Psalm. Remember the Psalms um, are songs. Uh, it's part of the 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 poetic 
uh, language of the Bible. Psalm 31, verses 1 through 5. Psalm 31, verses 1 through 5. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. I told you we're starting there. Why can I put my trust there? Because I told you God is not a man that he should lie. So I can put my trust in God. In thee, O Lord, the psalmist said, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. My God today, I love that. Let me never be ashamed. I need some Christians who are not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed to say that Jesus Christ is my salvation. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for an house of defense to save me. <laughs> for thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me, for thou art my strength. Mm. Into thine hand, I commit my spirit. Where have you heard that before? Thou has redeemed me, O Lord God of what? Truth. Thou has redeemed me. Go, go, go back, go back, go back a couple of verses. Yeah. It, um, go up one. I'm sorry. Yeah, there we are. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Thou art my rock and my fortress. Here is this psalmist is saying something that he has discovered about the role that the Lord plays in his life and the role. And again, remember I said there are principles that we can extract from promises. And this is a principle that the Lord God is our refuge. We find that terminology throughout the script, throughout the Psalms in particular. He's our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble, right? We're gonna come to that in just a few minutes. But he's a rock, he's a fortress, he's my strength. It says, pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me. This psalmist is saying, listen, I've gone, I'm going through life and I recognize that in life there are pitfalls. There are people who have personality flaws, who are laying uh, traps for me. Uh, they are out to get me for whatever reason or another. Uh, but Lord, you have proven yourself to be my rock upon which I can stand, my fortress that defends me from the enemy, you are my strength. Next verse, into thine hand, I commit my spirit. Stay right there. See, you thought Jesus was the first one to say that. When he's dying on a cross, and he says, Father, into thine hands I commit my spirit. Can I, can I, can I just say this to you right now? Listen, it's in your pressing times that you need to know the word of God. It's in the troubling time. I told you, if it's if these are precious promises, you ought to know where they are. If it's precious, you you ought to keep it in sight. You ought to keep it near and dear to you. And when it's near and dear to you and in your heart, when you're in trouble, what's in your heart will come out of your mouth. Jesus is dying on a cross and in agony, the word of God comes out of his, out, out of his mouth. Into thine hand, I commit my spirit. When it's precious to you, you ought to keep it close to you. Jesus speaks this word in his most agonizing time. Into thine hand, I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Next verse. 
Mm. That's when he talks about, he says in the next verse, lead, uh, uh, lead me. I don't have it. I should, I should have my Bible. Up. I'm sorry. Next verse, lead, lead me and guide me. You, you, you thought that was just a, a good, a good hymn. And I love that song. God knows I love that song. That's one of those songs that, can I just tell you, that's one of those songs uh, that, that my, my, my mother and my aunts and my uncle, we would get around the, the piano and my grandmoms. And that's one of those songs we would just sing. And actually, when I was a child, I wouldn't sing it. I would just listen to them. Um, my sister would be playing. I am weak and I need thy strength and power to help me over. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Let me through the darkness thy face to see. Lead me, oh Lord, lead me, lead me, guide me along the way. Lord, if you lead me, I cannot stray. Lord, let me walk each day with thee. Lead me, oh Lord lead me. I told you the Psalms are songs. And what a great song that is extracted from this song. A great hymn is written from this Psalm. Lead me, guide me along the way. My God today. Yeah, so that's a principle. That God is our fortress. God is our, my God, I am out of time. God is our fortress. God is our strength. God is our rock. Y'all have, y'all have blessed me on tonight. I know I took some detours. I guess we'll have to have part three of the promises. Uh, so I pray that it's blessing you because it is shown enough blessing me. Amen. Uh, listen, share this with your neighbors and your friends, because next week we're going to continue, uh, in these promises. Get ready, y'all. Listen, I told you last week, get ready for 28 days. We're going to start in February with our 28 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, we will be fasting, uh, in the month of February. So get ready for it. Uh, get ready for it. Yeah. We're going to have a good time in the word of God. Uh, in our devotionals, in our prayer time, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do some things. Call for some special fasts um, during the weeks, um, and so be on the lookout for that. Uh, we're gonna have a good time uh, praying and fasting in the month of February. All right, God bless you all. The time has gone. Listen, we're out of time, but I promise you, we're not we're not out of word. Uh, for the word of God is true and shall stand forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together, for this time of study in your word, for the promise of your word. We're so thankful that you're not us, but that you're God. You cannot lie. Your promises are yea and amen. And so, Lord, in our difficult times, we pray that we would be reminded of your promises. When it feels like life is too much to handle, we pray that that which is in our heart, your word will come out of our mouths. That in our anxiety, we would speak the assurances of your word. That you will keep those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. God, in our fear, we would speak your word. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God, we pray that in the moments when we feel like we are insufficient, that we would speak your word. Greater is he that is in us 
and he that is in the world. Thank you for your promises, for your truth, knowing that we can stand on them each and every day. Now, God, I ask that you bless those who are in moments of hurt, those who are struggling through sickness, those who are walking a wilderness of grief. Lord, I pray that your spirit would accompany them right now. And you would make your presence so known in their lives that they will sense you now. The sweetness of your spirit, I pray, God, that it will be multiplied. And you would envelop them right now and bring them so close. that They will not let you go. Protect us now. Keep us in your care. We ask it in Jesus' name. And for his sake we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. Good night. We'll see you soon.